Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. You Last Wednesday, Pastor Ken was preaching. I was struggling with a title for my sermon. And he said something, he made a powerful statement. He said, as a believer, when life gets tough, then there's a demand on our life to believe. And this message had already been cooking in me for quite a while. And he was talking about those seasons of life that we go through where we get squeezed. Because when we get squeezed, what's in us comes out. And so I titled this The Big Squeeze because I want to talk about those seasons in life when we go through them and how to handle them properly. And right now, turn to your neighbor and say, buckle up. Let me tell you why. The clock says I got 25 minutes. That's all I'm saying. Let's look, at our first, let's look at our key text. Our key text is James 1, 2 through 8. And we've got those on your, I put it in your notes and it'll pop up on the screen here in a minute, will be my guess. I put it in there out of the NIV and it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it'll be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. You must have faith, you must trust him because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind and that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and and unstable in all they do. And I've got to admit, this is one of my favorite passages of scripture. I know that sounds odd. Of all the power scriptures for somebody's life, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. All these verses I could have picked. But this is one of my power verses that talks about how we're going to go through hard stuff and we're going to have to persevere through it and we're supposed to count it all joy. But can I tell you, it's because what God taught me about this verse, when I was in one of those big squeeze moments in my own life, and that's what I love about this verse, he gave me some of that wisdom. But to tell you about that, what I really have to talk about, I have to give you a little bit of that story, that part of my life, about 12 years ago. Uh, I was on a job site. I've been in construction most of my life at some form, some level, and uh, did something that really seemed really simple. And when I did, I, I twisted. I heard a loud pop. I felt something pop. And I ended up on my knees in a ditch on the side of the road for the next two hours. I was out in the middle of nowhere, little farm to market road. And all I knew was that I was experiencing pain like I had never experienced before. And a little farmer literally came by on a tractor to help me. My phone was in my truck. He helped me get in my truck. Turns out I had herniated three discs. Uh, If anybody's ever felt that before, my legs felt like they were on fire. My feet felt like they were on fire. And while they felt that way, it also felt like somebody was just poking needles in them 24-7. And it felt that way day in, day out, hour after hour, 
365 a year, that's what it felt like. It took me about two weeks to muster up enough courage to go to the doctor to get that diagnosis. Um, because I'm proud, I'm a man. I'm like, I got this, I'm a man, I'll walk it off. Well, there wasn't any walking it off. So go to the doctor, he gives me that diagnosis. He says, if you're ever gonna have any form of normal to your life again, you're gonna have to have surgery. We're gonna have to fuse those three discs together. I mean, those three, uh, four vertebrae together due to the instability in the discs. I'd had surgery before, not on my back, so surgery, I'm not afraid of surgery but I wanted to process through it and pray it through. Uh, talked with my loving wife about it. And, and I just didn't have peace about it. I don't know what else to say. I just didn't have peace about it. So I needed some more clarity from God on what to do with that. Now, I wanna preface this with something, and that is this. God did not cause that injury to my back. I wanna make that very, very clear. God does not cause those things in our life but rather we have his promise that if we'll go through them properly, that he will make it work together for our good because we love him and we're called according to his purpose. So he'll take something that was meant for harm and he'll turn it and use it for the good if we'll walk through it properly. And that's a little bit of what I wanna talk about tonight is walking through those things properly, okay? I wanna walk through those things properly. Um, I spent about the next three weeks in prayer trying to figure out what was going on, not sleeping much at night. I would sleep about 20, 30 minutes at a time only to move or breathe or sneeze or blink and be up in pain again. Uh, got real familiar with my Bible in that season. Got real close to Abba Father in that season. And like I said, after about three weeks, what I felt like he spoke to me was, you'll not have to have back surgery. I took that to mean I was gonna wake up in the morning and the pain was gonna be completely gone. I woke up in the morning and it still hurt. As a matter of fact, I woke up the next morning for the next two and a half years, still in pain. As I began to process through that, it was on one of those nights, late when I couldn't sleep because I was in pain, I had my Bible open and that's when I read James 1, two through eight through this different set of lenses. And I hit verse five that says, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask, ask. And so I asked, Lord, I don't get this. You said I'll not have to have surgery. And I hurt, I need to be healed. And he gave me this little piece of wisdom. I already healed you. I'm like, man, it doesn't feel like it. I still hurt. And as I just kept pouring over the text, something stood out to me. The Holy Spirit highlighted something, and that's this. In your notes, he showed me an equation. There's actually an equation right there in James 1. It's trials, which we could call pressure, yes? The big squeeze. Trials plus time, perseverance, plus heat. Ask God, get close to God. All the time in the word, we see God compared to fire. He led the Israelites 40 years as a pillar of fire. He showed up to Moses, burning bush. John the Baptist said, you'll be baptized in fire. He was talking about the Holy Spirit coming upon the people. So we see heat, we see fire. And then if you have that heat source, it says you will end up with completeness, 
full maturity. That Greek word is teleos, which means completeness of Christian character. You get these things in balance and you, take, and you do them right and you'll end up with this completeness, this maturity in your Christian character. Well, oddly enough, there's something else that the Lord spoke to me when I read that. And it's this, he reminded me that there's something in the natural that uses that exact same set of circumstances to be formed. If you take carbon and you expose it to pressure and time and intense heat, you get a diamond. When all those things are in place, you get a diamond. And that's what the Lord spoke to me. Basically, son, trust me in this, I'm making a diamond. I said, all right, well, let's go through this. So let's look at those three variables and break this down and see what we can do in our lives. Letter A, trials are pressure. Verse two says, whenever you face trials of many kinds, whenever you face trials of many kinds, <laughs> you can't choose what trials you go through. There's gonna be many kinds, it says so. But you can choose how to go through the trial. That's your choice. That's my choice. How am I going to go through the trial? Because trials are going to come. Even Jesus himself said, greatest pep talk in the Bible. He said, in this world, you're going to have some trouble. But be of good cheer. It's like, what are you talking about? You're going to have some trouble. But I've overcome the world. So we know we're going to go through it. So we got to choose how to go through it. Remember this, the world is watching us. The world is is watching us. And look, we don't shine our brightest when our bank account is full, when our marriage is going wonderful, when the kids are making straight A's and they beg you to go to church on Sunday morning. That's not when the world sees Jesus in us. You know when the world sees Jesus in us? When we get the same pink slip they got at work and we don't, stinking boss, hated him anyway. Or when we go to the doctor and we get a diagnosis of diabetes or maybe cancer, then do we really believe? Do we really shine in that moment? And that's when they're watching us. That's the most important moment to shine. How about when you get that coworker? If you don't know what I'm talking about, you are that coworker. <laughs> it's kind of scary. Or how about that supervisor? You know what I'm talking about? Will you shine? because they're watching you. Our next point, the trial shows the quality and level of our trust in him. The trial shows the quality and level of our trust in him. First Peter 1, 7 in the NLT says, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's the real McCoy. It is being tested, look at that, tested, as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it'll bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. The testing in that trial, it shows what's really in us. What level of faith, what kind of trust do we really have in the Father? Think on this. Can we really call it faith if it's never tested? I mean, for my wife, if we're stuck on a deserted island with no other people on the planet, and for her to say, 
Baby, I trust you. You run on over them coconut trees and get a coconut. I trust you. I know you'll never stray. Well, that's not really trust. I don't have any options. <laughs> when it's trust is when she sees me at the restaurant with her and a waitress acts a little flirty or at the lumber yard and maybe somebody gives me a smile. It's what I do in that moment. That's when that trust is really tested. That's when the quality of her trust in me is shown. So letter B, perseverance speaks of extended periods of time. Look, somebody gets a hangnail, they pull that thing, they're in pain for 15 seconds. (laughs) You don't go, boy, they persevered through that, didn't they? No. How about a woman who goes through 30 hours of labor? That's some perseverance. That's some time. And that's what perseverance speaks of. But here's the cool thing. In the Greek, remember the New Testament was written in Greek originally. The word for perseverance literally means ability to remain under through the strength that God gives. The ability to remain under what? Underneath that thing. That trial comes, that pressure comes, it begins to lean on us. And the word in the Greek for perseverance has the same root word as another word that we see in the Bible, submit. It's the, it's the Greek root hupo. And it literally means to come in line and to stay there. Don't squirt out the sides like a jelly donut. You stand. And then as you do that, God continues to feed you the strength while you're standing there. His strength isn't over here when we squirt out from underneath that thing. That's a message for another time, though. It takes time under pressure to form quality Christ-like character, just like it takes time under pressure to form a diamond. Here's something crazy. If you take carbon and you expose it to heat and you expose it to pressure, but you don't let it be there for enough time, you get graphite. Same exact chemical composition as a diamond. Let me give you some characteristics of graphite. It's one of the softest materials known to man. They use it in lubricants. It just crumbles. There's nothing there. How about a diamond? One of the hardest surfaces known to man and it cuts through just about anything. Graphite absorbs light. It doesn't reflect light in any fashion or form. It absorbs it. Read up on something called uh, carbon black if you want to Google it. It's a product made strictly out of graphite and it absorbs light. Diamonds take light and not only do they reflect it, but they refract it and it multiplies the light that comes off of it. If you don't have enough time, if you try to get out prematurely from whatever it is that you're going through, try to squirt out you end up soft and not able to stand up under the next trial that's gonna come. You'll just crumble and you won't reflect any light and that's why we're here. We're children of the light. We're here to reflect his light to the world around us. But if we short this process, it doesn't work. Hmm. I'm preaching better than that. I just want y'all to know that. Next point, get close to the heat By pressing into God and asking questions. You gotta get close to the heat source. You wanna stay as close to the heat as possible. 
And it says, ask questions. Look, you've got to be in his presence to ask him questions. That's why I say get close to the heat source. If you're not in his presence, you're not going to ask him any questions. It's that simple. It says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Now, can I tell you, there's some questions that we ought to ask. Normally, we ask the wrong question. Normally, we end up in this season of life, and here's, here's the question we ask. Lord, get me out of this. Man, I don't want to do this. Devil is a liar. I rebuke you, Satan. Get off of me. That's what we normally do. That's normally where we end up. Or maybe it's just me. I've been there. I'll admit it. But I want to give you some questions that you can look at and ask. And if you're going through something and God speaks something to your heart tonight, there's blanks there. Write it in there. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna pray really quick. Father in heaven, I thank you that your word says that if we're going through something, that we ask you for wisdom and you give it. So I thank you that tonight, that for some folks here, you're gonna give the wisdom that is needed for this situation that they're in, Father. We thank you for that wisdom on the front side and we thank you that you're carrying us through this season and not allowing us to be stuck in it forever. And we pray it in the name of Jesus, amen. First question would be, what needs to be worked out of me? What needs to be worked out of me? I'm going to be real with you. My wife will nod her head. (laughs) Pride needed to be worked out of me in that season. I've always, always up until that point, been so proud of what I could do with these two hands. Man, we got an elephant. has got to get on that roof and all we have is a stepladder. Where's Bellamy? Get him over here. He'll get it up there. And I was proud of that. Now, I'm not proud to admit that, but pride needed to be worked out of me. What do I need to learn from this? What do I need to learn from this? It's a test, right? Tests are pass or fail. Most tests are now. Pass or fail, that's how we view these tests. In the natural, you're in the sixth grade, you keep failing all your tests, guess what you'll be in the next school year? Sixth grader. And you will stay in the sixth grade until you learn what you need to learn to pass the test. So what do I need to learn from this? I needed to learn humility. I needed to learn to say, you know what, I could use some help with this. I'm not all that in a bag of chips. I needed to learn humility. What do you need to learn? Number three, who can I minister to through this? Ultimately, isn't that what life is about? Who can I minister to? Who has God called me and anointed me to shine his light into so that they meet him? That's ultimately what we're here for. Once we get saved, the word says, God's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. We have our golden ticket. (laughs) Who do we need to get one to? So who can I minister to through this? Because remember, someone is always watching. Man, stop that clock. Um, The day that I got saved, 26 years ago, 26 years ago in October, as a matter of fact, I'd been at a job for several months, I was sitting on the loading dock and watching a man named Howard. Every day at lunch, Howard would walk up to another man named Renee. 
I hope Renee got saved. Howard was uh, a bigger guy. He, he shopped at the big store. And every day he would go up to Renee at lunch and he would say one thing, Renee, Jesus loves you. And Renee would spit on him, call him names, make fun of his masculinity. And I'm like, dude, if Renee did that to me, I'd be busting him in his chops. And I watched that every day. And one day I was sitting out there and that happened. And as he was walking up, I just went, my gosh, he's gonna do it again. What is up with this guy? How does he do that day in and day out? And as soon as I said that, I literally heard the audible voice of the Lord. I know some people, I heard God like you hear me right now. And I know it was inside of me, but he said one simple thing, son, it's time to come home. I knew exactly what he meant. And it's all because I was watching somebody else shine in the middle of a trial. Somebody's always watching. Number four, are there any areas that I'm not trusting God in? Are there any areas that I am not trusting God in? Can I tell you that the easiest one to, to just, just leaps off the page is money? Man, bills get tight. You didn't expect to have to put three tires on your wife's car? Why she only needed three, not four? I don't know, it's your wife, not mine. And you got enough money to tithe or to buy tires? Do you trust God and take him at his word that he will meet all of your needs, that he will kick open the floodgates of heaven if you bring him the tithe? It's his promise, it's his promise. Or do you go buy the tires instead? Maybe you need to trust God with that. I don't know. And number five, ask for his solution to the trial. Ask for his solution to the trial. He wants to tell you what you need to do. Now, I want to give you a new, maybe you guys already read this perfectly. It's just me that knuckleheaded it. It probably is just me. In verses five through eight, it, it says, hey, ask for it and that God will give it liberally. He wants to just pour that wisdom into you. And then it says something really peculiar that at first glance, it almost makes it sound like, but if you don't believe he's gonna give you wisdom, then he won't give it. I encourage you to read that a different way. I encourage you to look at that text and read what it says. What it appears to say to me is, he's gonna give the wisdom. He's gonna speak but don't doubt that what he gave you is the solution. Does that make sense? See the difference? There's a huge difference there. Doctors were telling me, you either have surgery or you're gonna be jacked up the rest of your life. And if you wait too long, you're gonna have permanent nerve damage. Those were things that I heard. I finally just said, I ain't going to them no more. God gave me wisdom. Son, you'll not have to have back surgery and I've already healed you. I said that for two and a half years, sometimes 7,000 times a day. I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. I'm not gonna have to have back surgery. I had to trust that the wisdom that he gave me was the right wisdom. I couldn't vacillate and doubt it and go, oh, well, maybe this is this doctor. Maybe God's, maybe God's speaking to me through this doctor. That's what it is. No, sometimes he does but I know what my daddy said to me. And that's what I had to stand on. If he's given you something, 
it probably won't make sense because he's a really big God. He can do it. But you got to trust because if you don't and you take that other thing, it says you shouldn't expect to receive anything. God's got a miracle waiting for you that is going to bring him glory and give you an abundant life, but not if you don't take him at his word and follow his wisdom. Man, y'all are looking at me crazy. And the result are some of all this is being fully developed in Christ-like character is to be a diamond for the Lord. And remember, that's the goal. That's what we're trying to get at. Remember this, today's trial holds the key to tomorrow's victory. Today's trial holds the key to tomorrow's victory. Philippians 4.12, we use Philippians 4 a lot. Philippians 4 is a passage of scripture where Paul said, hey, my God, show me all your needs according to his riches and glory. It's also where he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's 4.13. 4.12, he says, I've been in lack. I've had nothing. I've been hungry. I've been well fed. I have learned how to be content. He learned. He got a key for his life. And the key was because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And he needed that key because his ministry was rough. Most of it was done from a prison, chained to guards. And instead of reviling them, he's preached into their lives and they'd get saved. It's powerful. I'm going to give you some keys really quick and I'm going to blow through these because I can't leave you with any blanks, but I want you to go home and research them. Keys to making it through the big squeeze. Number one, take control of your thought life. Verse two says, consider it pure joy. Consider it pure joy. Your brain does not want you to consider it pure joy when you're in the middle of this process. So you gotta get control of that thing and by gosh, keep this thing guarded. (laughs) Don't let it get 100 miles of bad rope out in front of you, okay? Second Corinthians 10, five says, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Philippians 4, 8 gives you what things to think about. That same passage of scripture in Philippians 4. And it says, if you think about those things and you anchor yourself to all these good, admirable things, then you'll be fine. Number two, address the natural facts with God's truth. The natural fact was, yes, I herniated three discs and yes, I was in a lot of pain. God's truth was, I was healed by the stripes of Jesus 2,000 years ago, before he'd ever even created me, the price for my healing had been paid. And that's his truth. Philippians 4.13, you can do all this through Christ who strengthens you. Find your truth, whatever it is you're going through. Number three, wrap your prayers in the box of thanksgiving. I know it sounds cheesy. I thought about saying wrapping paper because it's close to Christmas. Wrap your prayers in the box of thanksgiving. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, when you take your prayers and petitions to the Lord, do it with thanksgiving, and then he'll supply you peace that surpasses all understanding to guard your hearts and to guard your minds. Trust me, I needed his peace at two in the morning when I hadn't slept for three weeks. I needed peace to guard my heart and my mind because there was some crazy thoughts running through my head. I'm just gonna be real. I was thinking some not good stuff. I needed his peace to guard my heart and my mind. Number four, tap into his grace. Second Corinthians 12, nine. 
I'll give you the Rob phrase version of it. Paul prayed to the Lord to remove this thing that was really hurting him, it was driving him crazy. And here's what the Lord said to him. My grace is sufficient for you. In the Amplified, it says, my loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough, always available, regardless of the situation, for my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weaknesses. And Paul goes on to say, I'm gonna rejoice in these things, in these weaknesses, because that's when I'm truly drawing on God's strength. Number five, don't grumble and complain about it. I didn't say it, God said it, so please don't be mad at me. Philippians 2, 14 through 16, read it for yourself. So many times we get in these seasons, first thing we start doing is jaw jacking and grumbling and complaining. Can I tell you, I'll be real honest with you, that's the one that I struggle with. Man, why does this always happen to me? Oh, probably because you keep saying, why does this always happen to me? That might be a really good, huh? I will tend to grumble and complain. Getting a job where things are bumpy, they get rough, and man, be in the break room and start running my gums. Man, believe Carl Demiri. What's wrong with that guy? Man. I'm just picking on him because I can see him from here. Instead, I shouldn't be grumbling and complaining about it. I should trust God's providence to get through it. And the reward for perseverance is the life God promises in his word. Look at James 1.12 at the end of that passage. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. That word life is the word zoe. I put the definition in your notes, I think. I sure did. There's the definition to that word zoe. Life, both of physical, in the present, in the here, in the now, but check this out, and of spiritual, particularly, particularly, depending on what part of Texas you came from, future existence. Saying, hey, look, I'm gonna take care of you right now in this life, this Zoe life, and remember, I did something awesome for you out here in eternity when you step into heaven. It's coming, stay focused on it. But it takes the perseverance to go through the trial and not run from the trial. But all of this starts with the most important aspect of this equation, and that's the heat source. Look, if you don't have God in your life, then you're just going through hard times. It's just that simple. And you're just gonna keep going through hard times. There's gonna keep being pressure because you don't have the heat source to get close to to convert this thing and make you into a diamond. And some of us have been spinning our wheels because we've never gotten connected to God. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.